Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the March 23rd edition of The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report, brought to you by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m. generally, as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week, we will take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League-related, including scores, standings, and interesting topics covering all of your Yeshiva sports needs. If it interests you, it'll be here because this show is all about you. Had a game this week? Let us know. Friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weisselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y L S. W-E-I-S-G-U-Y, or email me at Elliot at NachumSiegel.com, because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you once again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. If you've won an MYHSAL championship over the last 10 years, and several more teams have been added to that list over the last two weeks, you already know about the great job that Mike and his staff does, so please contact them at Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for all of your trophy and plaque needs. They can be reached at 718-769-4111. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weisselberg, assistant coach of the Yeshiva Flappish Falcons JV and varsity hockey teams, and co-coach of the Yeshiva Hartor junior high hockey team but most of all like you i am a yeshiva league fan and i am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids each and every week with you uh tonight i'm on location in lawrence middle school where only a few minutes ago the jv and varsity hockey championships took place on the court below if you listen carefully you can still hear the sounds of the cleanup going on thanks for sticking with us while we got things set up for this special edition of the court report as you can probably hear in my voice, after five hours of hockey, uh, doing public address announcing, and having quite literally the best seat in the house, I am still recovering from the uh, from the effects of the varsity championship, which literally ended just a short while ago in an overtime game that forced us to start a little late. But now that we are set up, we will have all the results of today's action for you, including the JV championship, and we'll have interviews for you from those games as well. On tonight's show, we will recap the week leading up to today's games and give you the rundown of all the fantastic action that took place just a short while ago. We'll also have a few interviews that we'll, uh, we will get to from today's games, much like we did with varsity basketball a few weeks ago. And we will also take a look at some of the championship action that has occurred over the last two weeks since our last show, having had Purim in between. Also, we'll give you the latest on the Sarachek tournament, which will take place this coming Thursday at Yeshiva University. I hope that we all had a great holiday and that you're all ready, so let's do this. Uh, first, let's start off with the JV Hockey Championship and catch you up on how the two teams got here. East number one Rambam earned their ticket to the championship game, defeating Hafter 3-2. Rambam opened up the scoring on a Harry Tannen marker in the first, only to see Hafter, the number three team from the East, tie up the score late in the second on a goal by Zach Pearl, and then take the lead in the opening minute of the third period on a power play goal by Zach Kramer. Hafter maintained their lead going into the switch and looked poised to upset their crosstown opponents on their own court. But the Ravens gained new life when Tannen put in his second of the game. A minute later, Daniel Yitzhaki, another Rambam's great freshman class, brings the ball down the wing, shot glove side, and, ju- and, and just hit the netting inside the post to give the Ravens the lead. Rambam's D picked up the pace from there and killed off the final three minutes, sending them to their second JV final. 
In the other semifinal, Western top seed TABC dominated West number 3 SAR 6-1 in the weather center. Daniel Levy notched two goals and two assists. Shuana Orr also added two goals. Zach Rothenberg and Eitan Schneier also put up markers for the storm. Solomon Freilich tallied the only score for the sting. So with Rambam and TABC emerging out of their respective games, this set up a showdown between the two conference champions, with TABC and head coach Norm Blumenthal gunning for their sixth consecutive championship, a streak that would match MTA Varsity Hockey's record run from 1991 to 1996 for the most consecutive championships for any team in any winter sport. For Rambam, a win would mean their first JV championship and the school's first winter sport championship since 1996. This would also be a rematch from the 2011 JV championship, the third in TABC's run. In that game, a phenomenal goalie battle between two of the top net miners of the last five years, TABC's Yosef Robin and Rambam's Hanani Levy. Rambam p- appeared to have struck early, but the ball looked to have gone out through the back netting, and so the referees did not see it go in. Halfway through the third, though, Lior Levin and Yehuda Avner struck Pater for the Storm, scoring within 27 seconds of each other to give the Storm the 2-0 victory. Okay, now to today's game. It was clear from the start that TABC's top line would be in control of their matchups as Levy and Noller held possession for the majority of the time on the floor. Rambam's only option was to switch to a clear and chase, but the TABC defense would not allow them to control. The Ravens switched their lines up, and the duo of Orlo and Tannen had quite a bit more success against the Storm's uh, top line, cycling around the back net and creating opportunities in front, but were still unable to capitalize. Uh, under a minute to go in the first period, Yaro Noller sent a pass back to Ari Fuchs at the line, who rocketed a shot above a down Charlie Altman to give the Storm a 1-0 lead heading into the break. Six seconds into the second period, the Storm extended their lead as Noller put a Naor feed off the far post and in for a 2-0 Storm lead, but the Ravens were not out. Two minutes later, Daniel Kerman rolled around the net to to Shua Balin's right and threw it across the crease to awaiting Daniel Yitzhaki, who slammed it home to cut the deficit to one. Late in the period, Avi Orlau took a tripping penalty that would put TABC on the man advantage rolling into the third period. In the third, the penalty would prove costly as Noller set up Fuchs once again for a screamer that found the back of the net for a power play goal with two seconds left on the advantage to give the Storm a 3-1 lead. But the Storm would give it right back as Josh Deschino took a cross-checking penalty with 9-12 to go in the period. And ten seconds into the power play, Daniel Lichter would find Peter on a cross feed from Tannen to bring the game back to within one goal. Unfortunately for the Ravens, that would be the last time they found the net today. Kalev Minsky would have had a goal for the Storm off of a Jonah Gantra face-off win, and then Gantra would be credited with a goal himself less than a minute later to push the game out to the 5-2 final score and TABC JV's sixth consecutive championship crown. I had the opportunity to catch up with uh, TABC coach Norm Blumenthal after the game. I'm here with head coach Norman Blumenthal of the TABC Storm. Congratulations, coach, on yours and TABC's six consecutive JV championship, defeating Rambam by the score of 5-2. to two. You're known around the league for being extremely prepared. Uh, how much did you know about Rambam, and how did it shape your approach coming into today's game? Well, I watched them uh, twice, and I knew that they were not as deep as we were. So our three lines versus their two lines was very important to us. Their top line is dangerous. We know they like to wrap the ball around the net and try and wrap it in, so we had our defensemen on the posts. And they also like to throw the ball from behind to the front to the, to the far post, and except for the one time where we did make a mistake, you know, we were very aware of it and we defended what, what I thought were easy goals. And if we can force them to score tough goals, then we're in good shape. 
Well, your team held a one nothing lead on a late first period goal, and then almost immediately coming out of the break, uh, there was you guys scored again. Was there something said in the locker room that enabled your boys to find that seam right off the faceoff? Well, we were talked about shooting high, and Noller got the chance, and he shot it high, and he scored. So we understand their goalie stays down a lot, and he's a big guy, so there's not a lot of room at the bottom. So. We're just trying to shoot high on everything. Speaking of Noller, uh, Noller would finish the game with a goal and two assists. Talk about the contributions that he's made this year for one of the most powerful lines in the league. Well, Yair Noller came to TABC as a pure scorer, but didn't really play great team hockey. And to his credit, he figured out how to play team hockey. He figured out how to find open spots, and he's playing with what I say is the best on-the-ball player in the league. Um, Daniel Levy, and maybe the best that I've ever coached on the ball. And if you're uh, that's a heavy statement. Well, you know, I've been, on, been here seven years, and I think he's the best on the ball player. Um, if you get open, Daniel will get you the ball. So all you got to do is be prepared to shoot, and Noller's got a gun. Yeah, your offense as a whole, including Daniel Levy, has made great strides this year, but the greatest stride has got to be the improvement of goaltender Shua Balin in net. Hey, it's known you cannot win a championship without solid goaltending, and Balin gave you that in spades tonight. Can you tell us about the road he's taken over the last two years to go from backup goaltender to championship netminder? Well, the credit goes to TABC policy, uh, program, not policy, to the program, because the seniors, the juniors, the sophomores give back. They give back to the freshmen. They work, they come down and they work with them. And, and even guys that have graduated, they come down and they work with the goalies, they work with the players. We scrimmage the alumni and they will come down and we've made them into a technically sound goalie. Shows you that you don't have to be the greatest athlete. I mean, it's obviously, if you are the greatest athlete, it'll help. But he's technically sound and he plays good positional hockey. And I can tell you in 13 games this year, he only gave up really one bad goal. And if I can get that out of my goalie, just one bad goal in 13 games, we're going to win a championship, which is what we did. Okay, now back to the scoring end. Five goals by your team tonight, uh, two by Ari Fuchs, uh, who was named the game MVP. More importantly, his suffocating defense, as you said, kept Rambam's top line at bay. It's easy to say both, but really, which aspect of his game has helped your team the most this season? Well, we really tried today as much as we could to match up call our first line defense and I only call it first line defense because they start the game but to me our second line defense is also very strong. Kalei Minsky is an excellent player you know he's very strong and very determined and Joe Moskowitz played a great game but um, I think the matchup worked for us and now Oren Fuchs are just so tough in the corners and they're long and they're strong and they're big and just very tough to score against them. Very tough to control the ball against them, as we saw tonight. They really didn't keep the ball down in our end. I'd say the ball was in their end 70% of the time. As I said before, this was TABC JV's sixth consecutive championship, tying MTA Varsity Hockey's record run in the early 90s under Rabbi Schiller. Uh, first, from a TABC perspective, what does this accomplishment mean to the school as a whole? And secondly, as modest as an individual I know as you are, how much has this run, the entire run, meant to you? Well, you'd have to ask people in the school to find out how important it is to the school. But, I mean, honestly, we talk about each season is an individual season, each game is an individual game, each period is an individual period. Each event within your shift is what you have to win. You have to win that ball in the corner, you have to win that face-off, you have to win your individual battle against your individual opponent. 
and that's how you win a championship. The first statement I make to the players after we select the team is it's impossible to win a championship, it's impossible to win a game, it's impossible to win a period, it's impossible to win a shift. All you can do is be better than the guy across from you, and then everything else takes care of itself. Okay, so I'm going to let you enjoy this, but uh, when does the run at the record begin? Uh, probably in the car ride home with Mo tonight. We'll start talking about what we got to do. So today is over. Next year starts as soon as we're done at Carlos and Gabby celebrating. Congratulations, Coach. Enjoy your dinner. Thank you. I apologize again for the quality of that. Uh, still trying to find out the best way to work my new headset mic. I'll get it down one of these days. Don't worry. Once again, you are listening to the Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, and congratulations again to TABC winners of the JV Hockey Championship by the score of 5-2. to two. In the second game of the day, the Varsity Combatants meant for their championship showdown. Two teams with a deep history, Eastern Conference champion DRS Wildcats and the East number 2 Hafter Hawks. For the last six years since the junior high Hafter Halb days for these two, uh, they've met in some of the most heated contests. Ironically, though, despite the rivalry, the Cats have won every single game in that stretch, including several overtime playoff matchups going back to junior high Halb. Add to it the fact that the schools are so close to each other and the explosive tension between the two was bound to make today's game a memorable one. But before we talk about today's game, let's take a look at how both got to today's match. We'll start off with the hot topic of the last two weeks, the game between Hafter and the West champion TABC Storm that took place on the 10th. Talking about history, the Weather Center had not been kind to the Hawks the last four years, where Hafter had been knocked out of a JV semifinal and two varsity semifinals, including a come-from-behind TABC win over a stocked Hafter team in 2010. Looking to buck the trend, Hafter got on the board early on a redirection in front of the net by Ari Barretts. The game remained 1-0 until early in the third when Yeshua Zerman put home a power play strike to tie the game at 1. A minute later, Buddy Wise put the storm up with a backhander on a giveaway, and TABC had a 2-1 lead. A minute after the goal, though, Wise was called for an apparent interference penalty, putting Hafter on the power play. Six seconds into the power play, Hafter looked to have evened the score, but it was ruled to kick in, nullifying what would have been the game-tying marker. TABC was able to kill off the rest of the penalty, but immediately after returning to 4-on-4, Jordan Gelman put a backhander in from the free-throw line to tie the game up, and we would go to overtime. In the overtime session, Matthew Rosenberg took an Adam Schreiber centering pass from behind the net and put it to Craig Klein's stick side and appeared to have put it home. Several days of YouTube videos and he said, she said would follow, but the fact would not change, and the Hafter Hawks would be going on to today's championship game with a 3-2 overtime victory. The opponents would be determined the next night, and it wasn't even close. DRS would dominate Western second seed Frisch 8-1 in DRS. A bevy of Wildcat players scored. Avi Janikowski, Leo Rubin, Sammy Rausch, Zach Fuchs, Rafi Spurn, Ellie Stoller, and a deuce by Moshe Gnuth pays DRS a lopsided victory. And so to today we go. Let me start off by saying that today's game was phenomenal. If you uh, didn't get the chance to come out to the game, you really missed a great one. And I'm going to spoil it by, by telling you that it went to overtime because you realize that's why we're on late. So let's just start off as if we don't know it. Uh, in the varsity segment, Hafter did two things earlier that they had not done in the previous two meetings this year. One, keep DRS off the board in the first period. And two, act as the aggressors out of the gate. Uh, the first period saw the shots on goal heavily skewed to the Hafter side, but DRS goaltender Ari Gutt kept the score at 0-0 heading into the middle frame. The tie would last all of 57 more seconds, but it would be DRS putting the first marker on the board. Uh, Avi Janikowski rolled baseline and sent a pass to Leo Rubin, who took the ball in the corner, spun out, 
and uh, threw one to the middle that snuck in between Joseph Kestenbaum's pads to give DRS the one nothing advantage. The goal sparked, uh, served not only to spark uh, DRS's fire, but also took a nice chunk out of the uh, wind of Hafter's sails. Uh, DRS's offense was able to control the majority of the second period, keeping Kestenbaum busy with shots. But for the most part, Kestenbaum had to his end of the bar- uh, held to his end of the bargain and kept the Hawks within one heading into the third, with Ruben's goal being the only blemish on the game at that point. In the third, DRS held strong, but Hafter found one last bit of desperation, and with 6.49 left in the third, the Schreiber-Barrett's connection did it again. Ari Barrett's nailed a shot 5-hole from dead center free throw line to tie the game at 1. Both teams are now at furious attacks after the goal, but the goalies held strong and the varsity championships went to overtime in the extra session. Hafter once again came out as the aggressor, getting three shots on goal in the first minute, and you sort of got that feeling that it wouldn't be much longer before someone got the job done. And only three minutes into the period, it happened. Adam Schreiber ran baseline around the net and centered it to Barrett, who put it home top shelf for the game winner and Hafter's first championship since 2008. The win erases years of futility for the Hafter crew that just could not get over the hump against Halbin DRS, literally going over since 6th grade until tonight's win. Uh, for head coach Mark Brew, the win caps off his Hafter career as he will be leaving the position uh, following this season. I was able to catch up with Coach Brew after the game, and he took some time to share his thoughts with me. I'm here with Coach Mark Brew, coach of Hefter Varsity after the 2-1 OT championship victory. Congratulations, Coach. Uh, your team came out flying in the first, something that had not done in the previous two games against DRS this season. What sparked the change? Um, our uh, victories over uh, TABC and, uh, you know, just a season of things they never did before. Uh, they just were much more relaxed. This was the game that they had to get to um, after, uh, after um, seven years. Um, this is once we got here. They were all loose um, and, uh, you know, basically told them they had nothing, nothing to lose, and this is what they came for. Okay, we're definitely going to get to the history because it's a major part of this game. Uh, going back to the game itself, despite the momentum in the first, DRS got the first word only a, two, uh, only a few ticks into the second period. What happened on the play? Uh, we thought it was a hand pass on our side, um, so I possibly, uh, you know, our guys stopped playing for uh, half a second, and uh, we got caught. No whistle, uh, DRS scored. Um, other than that, uh, he was just a back and forth, you know, you know, totally even game, uh, you know, although uh, till the end. Uh, that goal would hold for a period and a half before Ari Barrett's game MVP scored his first of two goals. Although, although it seems obvious by the result, tell us what having players like Spivak, Barrett's, and Rosenberg, the, the last two extremely responsible for where your team sits now, did to change the dynamic of the team from last year to this year. Well, 100%. Those guys were originally uh, members of uh, hockey players, 6th, 7th, 8th. Um, and that group that you just named, Barrett's, uh, Spivak, Rosenberg, um, and, uh, you know, went to basketball. And although we, uh, we felt we've been solid the last few years, uh, they just added a dynamic of speed. And uh, Ari Barrett's and Adam Schreiber are uh, basically brothers and just been playing together forever. So... Uh, they just know each, where each other are blindfolded. It's it's amazing the two of them manage, uh, after the history they have, to be the two to connect on the game-winning goal as well. Right. Uh, a sport court in uh, Barrett's backyard and Ari and I living next door uh, helps. Yeah, so let's let's back <laughs> up a little. So you head into the locker room for the overtime session. What was the basic <clears throat> message? Uh, the message was that this is the story that uh, we've been saying it all along. Uh, you know, this is a storybook 
ending after all these years, and we'll go to the history, um, it just can't get any better than this. I mean, we knew it was ours. I basically told them they had about four minutes to uh, score before uh, I would start getting worried um, the other way, but we had no doubts um, that this was going to end this way, just the way the way that played out in the last uh, month. Well, for my next question, that's actually ironic that you that you called the four-minute mark because it was getting close there. When the ball went in the net, what was the first emotion that went through your mind? Happiness or relief? Um, I'm, I, I went down. I think I laid on the floor. Uh, many emotions. This is my last season after nine years uh, doing this. Um, and it's really just this year was just about the seniors and, and this group that um, has had their difficulties only against DRS, of course, TABC here and there, but um, I'm just happy for them. And, uh, and I got to uh, live this out with my son, who, uh, who was a very important member. He didn't really play tonight uh, much, but uh, it, it was a lot of emotions uh, after leaving this league after nine years. So this was your second varsity championship. Can you compare the two? Uh, ooh, that's hard. Um, can I compare the two? My job to ask the yes, hard I questions. Yes, I got you. Yeah, this is uh, much more satisfying only because um, it, it was for this group. It's all about this group. They, they're unbelievable. Uh, we've had every practice uh, since September th uh, 3rd has been, uh, it's all been all about March 23rd. I heard about March 23rd on September 3rd. I didn't even know what March 23rd was, was. but this was a goal and, uh, uh, it was all about these kids, so uh, this chance, this is this is much better. Although that one's pretty good too. Talk to me about the chemistry of the top line, which seemed to be the main the main catalyst for your team over the course of the season. Um, like I said, uh, they are uh, those two. Those two are brothers, um, Ari and Adam. Uh, they've we've they've grown up next door to each other since six months old, and uh, and. Uh, the chemistry is that they're brothers. So going back to what we were talking about before, having, as you said, having a son in this age group, uh, Brett, you are extremely aware of the history of futility that the group had going into tonight. Uh, what was the message that you sent to counter that at the beginning? And now that it's over, what's the takeaway for the guys? Oh, well, the takeaway, I don't think they believe it yet. They, uh, they're walking around a little shocked um, that this is, you know, this is two overtime games. I think the overtime is more of a shock. They're just, you know, when it ends like that. Um, what was the first part? <laughs> <laughs> and what was the message going into tonight in order to counter? Uh, the, uh, the message was, guys, you just enjoy it. And uh, tonight is the night and uh, that you, you know, we've been, all been in this league and we tell, you know, in our 40s and 30s and we tell these stories forever. And I basically the message is that tonight is when you, you make the story that you're going to tell the rest of your life. You can never go backwards. And the story that you're going to tell forever you have a chance to write the way you want to tell tonight, and that was the message. Tell me about the importance of Joe Kestenbaum over the last two games, both overtime games, both very close, three goals in two games. He played stellar against TABC, and he played stellar tonight. Right. I, I think uh, the uh, first DRS game when uh, Joe had uh, first period difficulties, just basically – it sounds silly, but or funny, but whatever you want to. But it just basically relaxed him, because um, he knew we were behind him, and he also saw in that game. To be honest with you, after two weak goals, he let up. We started coming back. It was two. We made a two-one, and then we made a big defensive error in that game, and uh, other kids put their heads down, but not Joe. So um, he's been he's been unbelievable, and uh, it just this senior class it just deserves it, and I. 
wouldn't want to go out with any other group. Not I'm completely satisfied with uh, the way this ends. Not a bad way to head off into retirement, eh? No. Okay, so what's next for you? Uh, I get to uh, not have to leave my house at 9 o'clock <laughs> in freezing winters to, uh, to uh, you know, hang out with 18-year-old boys. <laughs> Congrats. Oh, I love it. Thanks. Okay, so congratulations, Mark. Thank have you, a great you. one. Enjoy. Right. Thanks a lot. Gotta love Coach Bruce's sense of humor. All right, everybody, you're listening to the Court Report on the Nuckham Siegel Network. Again, that was Coach Mark Brew of Hafter following Hafter's 2-1 overtime championship victory. Before we move over to basketball, let's first congratulate the SAR Steen Junior High Hockey Team on winning the Hamish YMSSA New Jersey Hockey Championship game over Noam 5-3. MVP Gordy Kolb notched a hat-trick for the Sting, who came back from 2-0 and 3-2 deficits to cap off their undefeated season. Uh, the New York MYJHHL League will be holding their championship this coming Thursday night, featuring the West champion Hartora Hat-Tricks and the East champion Hank Cavaliers. I, I can tell you from personal experience that this game is going to be a very entertaining and hard-fought battle, and uh, both uh, you know the underlying stories here are never-ending. Uh, the, the game will take place this Thursday night at 7 p.m. in DRS. All right, now over to basketball. With the boys' league having finished, we'll get to Sarajek in a moment, but first for the rest of the winter championships in round ball. Uh, the three girls' leagues completed their seasons last week. In girls' A, Ramaz completed their undefeated season, knocking off Frisch in the finals 37-28. to Congratulations to head coach Randy Dolny on the win, as well as for taking both the girls' and boys' varsity teams to their respective finals. In JV, SAR and Mayanote met up prior to the girls' A final. The Sting held on to a slim 8-6 lead at the end of the first, but in the second, SAR began to pull away, outscoring the Rapids 10-3 in the quarter for an 18-9 halftime lead. In the third, SAR would extend their lead all the way out to 14, a deficit from which the Rapids would never recover on the way to a 39-26 SAR championship win. Sophomore Rebecca Kahn led SAR with 11 points and was named MVP, while freshmen Rebecca Hyman, Sophie Hecht, and Hannah Gabay scored 9, 8, and 7 points, respectively. Congratulations to head coach Adam Brick on the championship in his first season at the helm. Also, in girls' B action, SKA hauled off Breweria for their championship 40-34. Moving over to Sarachek, the seeds were announced last week for the 2014 tournament, which kicks off this Thursday up at the Max Stern Athletic Center at Yeshiva University. The top four seeds are as follows. Eula earned the number one seed, with Yeshiva League champion North Shore being given the number two seed. Hafter and Yavna of Dallas were awarded seeds three and four to round out the first day buys. They will take on the winners of the rest of the field, uh, who will compete on Thursday. In the Tier 1 qualifiers, the winner to take on the bye teams, number 5 TABC will take on number 12 Hillel of Miami. Number 6 New Jew Community will face number 11 Fuchs Mizrahi. Number 7 Ida Crown will battle number 10 host MTA. And number 8 Frisch will match up with number 9 Mimo, as New York will get their first look at Maimonides' Yoni Klausner. Klausner led the nation this year in points scored, wrapping, racking up 449 en route to breaking the 1,000-point career mark during the season. In the Tier 2 qualifiers, number 13 Kohelet will take on number 20 Cy High of San Diego. Number 14 Weinbaum will face number 19 Block. Number 15 Cooper Max square off with the number 18 Yeshiva Atlanta. And in the 16-17 game, Hyman Brand will battle Berman Hebrew Academy. Last year's champion shall have it, are not back this year, so we will see a new champion crown. The complete schedule for the opening round games and beyond can be found on MaxLive.com. You can also watch all games live on MaxLive.com as they are once again streaming every game in stunning fashion. 
Well, now here's the deal with next week. It's still uncertain whether the show will be on next Sunday, and here's why. Given that we are really only left with Sarachek after this week before we wrap up our reporting for the season, we want to bring you the most in-depth coverage that we can. Interestingly, Sarachek holds their championships on Monday. So while we can have a show recapping all the action leading up to Monday's finals on Sunday, they may be decided the better option would be to have a complete recap show on Tuesday night. Stay tuned to the Nakam Siegel Network for more information as it relates to next week's programming. We will give you a little heads up as to what we will be doing. Given that we are winding down and the varsity and JV basketball and hockey seasons have now concluded, I'd like to personally thank all the coaches, players, faculty members, and informants who helped us over the course of the season, whether through Facebook posting or emailing or calling with all the information to make the court report as awesome as it has been. Uh, the feedback that I've gotten has been amazingly positive, and I cannot thank you all enough for tuning in and making not only myself, but all these amazing kids a part of your week each and every week right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. I'd also like to take the time to thank Commissioner Seth Gordon for his support and for his hard work and dedication over the season. And to all the kids and coaches, thank you for making this season nothing short of amazing. So, as they finish cleaning up the court below me, we get ready to close the lights on the 2013-2014 winter season. If you missed any part of this episode, you can catch the Encore presentation this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. following The Book of Life by Charles Harari, or you can find the court report on iTunes or the Nakam Siegel Network app on iPod. Tomorrow morning, Jamie in the AM with Nahum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NahumSiegel.com, jmintheam.org, or on your radio 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Before I leave tonight, I want to thank you for joining me. My thanks again to Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, who have been amazing all season. I want to thank them for their support. They can be reached at 718-769-4111. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. Once again, if you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the Like tab. Let's get that number up. And leaving you off with this week's words from the wise, um, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. That's from the great thinker Aristotle. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network.